Welcome to the second episode in the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ Advent podcast series. Yesterday we heard these words from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. We know that that tiny shoot growing up from the stump is going to take a long time to become a strong, sheltering, fruit-bearing, life-giving tree. We watch and we wait as the tree changes. And Advent is about waiting. Simone Weil, the French philosopher and mystic, offers this wisdom. She says, waiting patiently in expectation is the foundation of the spiritual life. And today, while we wait expectantly, we go back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We might ask, beginning of what? What exactly was beginning when God created the heavens and the earth? In this Advent season, perhaps we understand the beginning as the point when the expectant waiting began, when the incarnation began, when the spirit became something we could see and touch. Verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I have some trouble with this image, visualizing it, because I have never experienced an empty earth. I've never known complete formlessness, and I've never known true and complete darkness. But there are no edges in this image. There's no starting point or finish line. It is vast and quite beyond my comprehension. This tells me something about God, and it tells me that this story actually begins outside of time itself. Even so, it's a story that continues along in time, as the vast, unknowable formlessness begins to take on more knowable forms. God speaks, and light is separated from darkness, water from dry ground, and all sorts of plants and creatures are made, each one miraculously different from another. Whatever stuff God used to make the vast heavens and earth is the same stuff he used to make much smaller things, mountains and oceans, palm trees and elephants, grass and worms, whales and jellyfish, and people. Verse 26, God says, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. That phrase, rule over, can mean a lot of different things. Right now, I'm thinking about how it means we are different from the animals in a special way. We appreciate creation in a way that the rest of creation does not appreciate us. We are made in God's image. We share with him the ability to create and to be awed by creation. Perhaps we can't know or understand the vast, formless deep, but we can know, bit by bit, the created world around us. We know individual plants, birds, trees, lizards, maybe cows, flowers, Dogs, bugs, we know individual people made in his image, our friends and cousins, mothers, fathers, neighbors. If you're like me, you've spent a lot more time outside with creation this year. It's been the best way to see our people sitting outside at a safe distance. So this year, while social distancing in our yard, we've been visited by wild animals we would not have noticed if we'd gathered inside. We wouldn't have noticed that turtle edging along the driveway when the Sullenbergers were visiting, or the coyote staring from the back of the yard during small group that time. 
and we wouldn't have stopped our conversation in the middle of book club to watch a spider spin her web. When I read the creation story today, in this season of Advent, as I think about it while studying the plants in my yard, while watching birds from the window, while walking along the creek, I think about how God made humans in his image and how Jesus was God's son and a human. God made his son Jesus to be born on earth and to experience creation in all of its particularity, all of its intricacy and mystery. His body would grow from a cluster of cells that would differentiate into all of his complicated and compatible human organs. He would rule over animals. He would know which animals did work for his family. He would know animals that would become food for his family. And he would know the animals that made strange noises in the night. His parents and friends would teach him how to find good fruit. He would know the names of trees, and he would know which trees were best for making tables or chairs or plows. He would know how to catch a fish. He would know what it felt like to have dirty feet and clean feet. He would know about all the different kinds of soil a seed could fall on. And he would know about wind and waves and the dangers of a stormy sea. But here's the twist. Everything Jesus knew about creation, he knew because he was created, but also because he was the creator. In the New Testament, when John John repeats the creation story, he repeats it with a difference and shows us Jesus in it. In case we missed it the first time, John points out that God was not alone at creation. John writes this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm not going to try to unpack all that. I think it's okay if it's confusing. Madeline Lingle wrote an entire book about incarnation called Bright Evening Star. She does not claim to fully understand it. In fact, she does not strive to understand it. She says, I do not understand the incarnation. I rejoice in it. We do not have to fully understand the incarnation to rejoice in its gifts. I think about the gift of parables. When Jesus taught about God's love, he didn't talk about a vast, unknowable, infinite spirit hovering over the deep. Instead, he often talked about plants and animals, sheep, vines, fruit, wheat and chaff, goats and birds and mustard seeds. He knew. He knows. He knows creation the same way people do, by living in it. And that is one way he teaches us faith and the Father's vast, immeasurable love for us. I think about the gift of miracles and that time when Jesus was tired and he fell asleep in a boat. A violent storm came up and the disciples woke him frantically. They were terrified. They didn't understand. How could he sleep peacefully while their lives were in danger? Like the disciples, he had a body that could drown in the storm. But unlike the disciples, he was also God, both human and divine. His body was in a boat on the water, subject to its power. But at the same time, his spirit hovered over the water, wrapping the earth in his power, completely in control. In this Advent season, let us pray for understanding. Lord, let us be like Jesus. Let us grow like a shoot into a tree that bears fruit. 
Let your wisdom rest upon us. Give us courage and faith. Let us deeply understand that you gave up power to show your love for us. And while we wait expectantly for understanding, let us rejoice in the incarnation. Amen. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash Thanks again for joining us. God bless.